Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Come on, St. Louis hockey fans, stand up and cheer. The Blues are back strong. This is our year. It's the Blues turn now. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, it's the Blues turn now. With that Al McKenna slap shot, you know we can't lose. Let's do that hockey. Come on, St. Louis! All over the hockey universe, the note is the news. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 42 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We're broadcasting live on this Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019. Um, This is Francis Episode number 175 all-time, and this is our post-game show featuring the Uh, Following the St. Louis Blues um, overtime shootout loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. My name is Kurt Price. Bill and Jeff Ponder are strapped in and ready to go. Um, To interact with us or the show on social media, follow the show on Twitter at LGB Radio. Mine is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note. And Jeff's is at JPonder94. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And the website is letsgoblues.com. On the site... Please check out the Let's Go Blues.com shop for t-shirts, mugs, and stickers as well. Reasonably priced t-shirts, mugs, and stickers. Uh, guys, um, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> I'm irritated. Can, can I can I open the show with two quick comments? One, Zed, it was not me this time. So nice try in the YouTube chat. It's actually Bill. That's why we were late. So there you go. <laughs> and two, two. To quote Evgeny Nabokov from like 2006, thank God we don't have this shit in the playoffs. Yeah, talking about shootouts. Yeah, I mean, this this game was uh, very. uh, They played shitty. I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not gonna try and sugarcoat anything. They played a shitty game tonight. They did not play good at all. I, I'm, I was telling you guys, I'm, I'm thankful they got a point. Uh, I, 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 I They should be feel fortunate as hell to get a point out of that shit show of a game. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, I, <laughs> um, I was expecting, you know, because we've done post game shows before where uh, it's been a rather interesting game that we're what we're talking about. Uh, we our very first one was the Roar Bacon game. And uh, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And then I think we did another one, and it was there was something interesting that happened in that game too, uh, unusual. And uh, this game, I thought, okay, down three to one in the third, we come back and tie it, and then we can win in overtime. Well, that'd be a great, uh, be a nice, happy post game show. Uh, but uh, no, no, it didn't work out that way. There's a lot to discuss with this game. We'll get to it all in a bit. But uh, first of all, we haven't heard from Bill yet. Bill, how you doing, sir? Uh, I am good. Bill can is you guys uh, even hear me. Oh, I can. Uh, uh, Bill is in his home studio this week. He's usually has been over yeah. here a number of weeks. Yeah. Um, so there's an empty chair in Kurt's studio, mm-hmm. but uh, um, yeah, is. I just I I I was yeah so despondent over tonight's game. I couldn't drive five minutes to Kurt's house for this one. Um. The oh fil- God, no! It was such a terrible, terribly frustrating game tonight. So yeah. Ugh. Well, before before we get All into right. the misery that is this game, uh, are you guys uh, enjoying a beer tonight? I am. Uh, I would so, say enjoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enjoying is a, a tough word to use tonight. Uh, I'm actually drinking the uh, since since Bill's not in studio, I'm going to take the advantage and go first because that never All happens. Right. Yeah. So Bill, you just sit back, relax, and listen to me talk. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with the. The Urban Chestnut, the Black Lager, uh, as it says on the uh, can, smooth, black, simple. Uh, it is just—it's just a good, smooth beer. So if you like lager, 
uh, in something that's, you know, doesn't taste like cat piss. I won't say what I'm talking about, but I think half the audience probably gets that. Uh, the Black Lager is an excellent choice for you. Something good and light. Douglas Johannes in the uh, YouTube chat said, the tweet said Ponder's fault, and it did because it was initially an issue that you had to restart your computer. But That's true. Yeah. But and then, and then all of a sudden the the and then Bill had some audio stuff that we it, it we could have went forward with it but we wanted to you know put forward as good a quality of audio as we could. We this want show. this show to sound as rich as Kurt is. <laughs> well, that's not asking for very much. Um, Bill, what you drinking? Um, yeah, I'm, I drank it a couple weeks ago, still had a couple left over. It's be so flat by now. Nothing, no, nothing major. Um, the, uh, new Belgium Oak Spire, uh, bourbon barrel ale, um, caramely toffee, not hoppy. Yay. You know, eh, eh, it's a beer. Uh, mine is the, uh, is from Big Muddy Brewing. In Murfreesboro, Illinois, uh, for those of you familiar with uh, Big Muddy, and uh, or not familiar, is the uh, their s'more stout, which I had never had. You always see it in the store. I never, I never, never got it. Picked it up. It's uh, very desserty. Very, it's it's good. It's but I don't think you gotta drink a lot of them. But there's uh, well, you wouldn't really drink a lot of stouts anyway unless you want to not drive home. But these are yeah, they're they're not bad. They're okay. Nice dessert. Today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STO Blues History Twitter account, uh, April 3rd, 1997. Pavel Dimitra scored his first two goals as a member of the St. Louis Blues versus the Newark Islanders. Dimitra scored a third goal, but it was disallowed for a high stick. So he would have had a... And that, was, that was after a coach's review, right? Uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, it might have been. Or, 1997, or you're right. Or, or was there a foot in the crease? Yeah, no kidding. That was that was that was, that was about that, that time. Was 98, that was ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The one year they had that rule. Uh, April third, nineteen ninety six. The consecutive game streaks uh, started uh, that Grant Fuhrer had of uh, the St. Louis Blues uh, stopped at seventy six games as he missed the game on April third, nineteen ninety six. He missed a total of three games that uh, in a row with a dislocated kneecap. His 79 appearances in the 95-96 season is still an NHL record. I don't imagine that nowadays. I that's never going to get broken Uh, unless the game changes drastically somehow, or Uh, if they start playing like as many games as baseball leagues do. Right? They play like 162 games a year. Then yeah, you'll see that broken. 79 games played. That's never going to get broken. No, Uh, and there's no way. That's one of those sports records you look at. You say. Yep, that's never getting even touched. And that was just a, that was just as a byproduct of Keenan's madness. Yep. Well, uh, Holtby a couple of years ago, he had what wasn't it seventy games played? And I mean, that was people were like, "Oh my god, that's insane!" And it's I, like, yeah, "Yeah, this guy had a streak of seventy nine games, April seventy six games, April third, nineteen eighty nine. Rod Brindamore signed his first NHL contract. It was with the Blues." After winning Rookie of the Year in the CCHA, and uh, Rod the Bod, um, and then 1997, this date in 1997, Al McInnes tied Brett Hull and Brendan Shanahan for the St. Louis Blues single game record for shots on goal with 13 in a five to five tie versus the Islanders back in the day when there were still ties, which I hated, hated ties so much. I always said I'd rather lose than tie a game. It may sound stupid, but at least something was decided. Yeah, I, uh, one of the most interesting games I've ever been to is a 0-0 tie with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, God. That was crazy. Joseph versus Fjord. Um, 13 shots in one game for a defenseman. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot for anybody. Yeah, o- o- Ovechkin gets 13, and you say, whoa, for a defenseman. Holy cow. Yeah, I know. It's not unheard of for Ovechkin to put up like six or eight shots. But man, thirteen. Yeah, five five game though. I mean, pow- how many power plays? It could have been quite a few. That's Seven. <laughs> Jeff remembers. Um, 
So the Blues, uh, we're in the playoffs, so there's no uh, down-to-the-wire uh, last game of the season, uh, winning, get in, uh, nonsense this year for the Blues. Uh, we're in, so uh, it's just a matter of who we play now. Uh, tonight versus the Blackhawks, uh, we had a chance to establish a uh, tie for first points-wise anyway, uh, with 96 with the, the Jets and the Predators, and uh, they could not quite pull it off uh, not that they deserved to earn these two points tonight. They didn't. We talked about that uh, briefly. Uh, Allen versus Ward. Um, the Hawks were officially eliminated from the playoffs uh, last night, I believe. And uh, this game, uh, I, I was I was encouraged. And let me know if you guys agree with this or not. I was encouraged by the start of this game. I, they they didn't they didn't play good, but they were almost playing good. It, they 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 had a number of just they were just missing on like a bang bang in tight uh, close quarters passes, um, uh, and, and I thought okay well this is we're getting we're almost getting a ton of chances like that that last little bit didn't get there, and we're missing on some chances that way or opportunities that way, so I thought, okay it'll 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 come together we'll 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 as the game goes on we're gonna make these chances happen, and that just didn't really materialize to me and I think the game got worse. As the as the I, game went on, I you know, honestly I was encouraged by the start of this game, and and we'll get to the the Kane and Taves here uh, goal here in a second. But um, outside of Kane and Taves, I thought the Blackhawks looked pretty damn crappy too. I thought yeah, a lot of their team was like, well, we were knocked out of the playoffs, so what's the point? And that's the way they looked going in. So I thought, okay, two teams playing shitty, it's gonna go to the better team. So I that that was my thought and. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, the, the, the way the Blues played tonight, I, um, like I said, I expected it to get better as the as the game went on, and it just really didn't until, you know, they were opportunistic in the third period, um, and the power play helped tremendously with Perron's goal, but, um, I, you know, the the, the first goal that Chicago scored, um, Kane to Taze, uh, turnover at center. Um, and let's, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, the NBC's, uh, let me know if you uh, agree with me or not. Um, okay. Well, I'll rephrase. Let me know if you guys are correct in agreeing with me or not. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the blues did turn the puck over center and, the, and that's all the, uh, the broadcast guys on NBC SN could talk about was the, the turnover center. And I was like, man, I, that's not why that goal was scored uh, that the the goal was scored because when they came down low when K, uh, Kane and Taze came down uh, it should have been two on two ended up being almost a two on zero oh because they didn't do a two on one really but uh, Bortuzzo and Dunn both went to Kane and uh, Bortuzzo is sliding down on his stomach <laughs> and Dunn's and Dunn's skating towards I'm like nobody wants to go to Taze you got two guys back I mean granted they had a step on the Blues defenseman but. I'm thinking if Bortuzzo goes to Taze, because Dunn's already on the right side, and he's going, he was closer to Kane. If Bortuzzo goes to Taze, maybe he gets a stick on the pass. Maybe the, something happens where they don't score. I, as a, he just lays down, and it's a, almost a gimme goal. Well, I, I agree with you, and I agree with NBC Sports Network. Um, yes, that, uh, I thought defensively they did not play that well. That two-on-two just was sloppy. Uh, blues, you, I think they both saw 88. And just thought, okay, this guy's going to shoot. He's always going to shoot, so go to him. But when he's got Taves on his line, I mean, there's always the chance he's going to pass it to him. But I will say, breaking in, uh, Vince Dunn, you know, Vince Dunn's he's kind of a turnover machine uh, when he doesn't have his head in the game, and I don't think he did tonight. So um, that's going to happen. I mean, we talk about how, you know, games, there's there's turnovers constantly. Well, he didn't turn the puck um, over, though. Well, it was he, O'Reilly, but it was his pass. He put it right on O'Reilly's tape, though. Yeah, it, but it just he put went it off the stick. O'Reilly's tape and coverage. Yeah, I, I thought that was a poor decision. I agree. To, to, I agree. To give it to O'Reilly, he should have went across his body to the right side of the rink, I or agree. dumped it in himself. I agree. But after that turnover, I thought, I thought that was a poor pass. Now I, I agree. Now but you, that, we after were the turnover about this before the game, that that O'Reilly. Uh, a lot of you know the the NBC Sports Network was was kind of giving O'Reilly flack for it. I don't give O'Reilly any any problem at all. I think oh, he that, was just trying to cut to the middle. That's a that's a design play, and I thought 
that was just a poor decision by Dunn to try and get him the puck. I heard them ripping on it's, Dunn. It, Good, Bill. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, it, it's, I'm watching it again, and Taves gets his stick in on the pass. Like Taves reads that pass from Dunn to O'Reilly the whole way. It's I, I put that on Dunn, and then, I, yeah, what the fuck? Double coverage by the defense on Kane. I mean, they... I don't know what this is the first game that I, I can recall uh, Bortuzzo and Dunn playing together. Um, at least I, I don't know. Did we get caught in a line change there? What I, I, I think I, so. Not used, not used to seeing them out on the ice together. And they just, they did not look like there was any kind of communication or understanding of who was going to do what. And yeah, that that's something where you can't double cover one guy especially with sick myths like that. He's going to beat you and find the open guy. If there's anything to fault O'Reilly on, it's not recognizing the bad defensive coverage and getting back to try to tie up tape stick. Yeah. I, well, and I don't, I don't really, I don't fault O'Reilly in that situation because we had two defensemen back. I mean, they weren't, like I said earlier, they weren't back back, but they were there with Kane and Taze. They were, I mean, so, but they essentially, Dunn and Bertuzzo essentially turn themselves into one defenseman because they're right next to each other, uh, in between the uh, the two Hawk players. So they, they they were ruined the the opportunity to disrupt that play. I think so. The turnover center, yeah, that's what that's what started the whole transition back into the blue zone. But we had guys back, and I think we we really fucked up uh, with the defensive zone coverage there on that on that play with the uh, Kane and Taze. I, and somebody commented on Twitter, uh, which made me, th- I didn't really think about it at the time, but it was interesting. They said uh, that uh, the, the blues d- d- done and Bertuzzo on that play, they both attack Kane. That just shows their, the team's lack of confidence in Allen that they're trying to do too much. And I thought, well, I mean, maybe, I, maybe but I, 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 I didn't go there initially. So I didn't really think that was the case. Maybe. But uh, it was I just think, a shitty play. I think it's more. I, I think it's more them trying to look at the type of player that has the puck. Patrick Kane, nine times out of ten, is going to find a way to get a shot on goal, whether it's for a rebound or for him to score himself. Um, but I mean, the guy, like 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 Bill said, guy's got sick mitts. He's, you know, he can pick his spots shooting. He can pick his spots passing. And I just feel like the defense, they just they did not play that well. They they were they were playing him for the shot rather than. Uh, what any player does in that situation, and that's get it to the guy in front who's wide open. Uh, we got some conversation going on in the YouTube chat. Um, let's see. Uh, Grant Early says the defense was hot garbage tonight. Yes. Uh, Tice Huck says, I think uh, the Blues are perpetually cursed to play down to bad teams. It's happened so often, and they even admitted that they do it. Um, I, we've I, We've talked about this before with the Hawks. Um, I, I don't think it matters, but for the the Blues and Blackhawks, the Blackhawks uh, in their building, um, granted both teams didn't play a good game tonight. It's not like the Hawks, uh, uh, played like, oh, let's, 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 uh, take it to the Blues. This is a bad hockey game. Um, I, I don't, uh, uh, because the Blues have been playing better against worse teams lately. Um, so I, I think the uh, the playing, I mean, am I am I wrong about that? But I think the Blues. No. I think that I think the the whole narrative that the Blues play down to bad teams hasn't been as pronounced lately. No, I I think I think you're right, and I think that I mean ga- teams are going to have bad games. I mean it's it's going to happen, but I would counter this more to they got into the playoffs that was the the big thing they were making sure they wanted to do here in the last couple games was clinch it as quick as possible they got in this is the game after where they say okay you know blackhawks are out let's just go in nobody get injured you know these guys are going to play us hard just play a good defensive game and i think they got in their own heads i think that's just part of it that's this is what you're going to see in in teams that just make the playoffs I don't know. I I hope that's not the case. I mean, this this was the game in hand against Nashville that would do a lot 
go a long way to getting you home ice advantage in the first round. And I, I felt like they should have stepped up. They should have been ready for this game. They should have been uh, able to execute better than they did. And uh, this, I thought this was a game that they needed to make a priority. And, you know, it just didn't look like they had it in them. Um, they should have destroyed yeah. Chicago tonight. They should have. Yeah, they should have. Absolutely. They should have rolled over Chicago tonight. They had nothing to play for. They're playing spoiler. Um, and it just, it's just, it pisses me off that a game that really, there is no reason for the Blues not to get to this game. I know you said that, oh, they made the playoffs and that was the goal. There could be a letdown game or whatever. Um, I understand that well, in general. I'm, I'm not giving them the excuse though. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I understand that, that point of view, but. This is a game, not only is it a game that we can tie points for first, uh, we still lose the tie break to Winnipeg, but we, you know, we points-wise, we tie. And they have two tough games coming up. So we, we tie in that respect. And it's also against the Blackhawks. So if you can't get up for a game against the Blackhawks in their building um, late in the season, when you need to win it anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. it, it I, I mean, it's, you're not playing Florida. You're playing a rival anyway. It should be, uh, you should be up for that game regardless of the standings. And and they, well, uh, let, let's face it too. I mean, this is likely Jake Allen's last game, hopefully in a Blues uniform, uh, which we'll probably get to later. But you know, if you really love the guy, like they say they do, you know, if this locker room's as close as we hear they are, you think they'd say, okay, guys, this is probably Jake's last game until the playoffs. Let's have them go out with a bang. I mean, we're playing a, a division rival. Uh, fans traveled up here from St. Louis <laughs> for this game. Jake, uh, you know, this is Jake's last game, possibly. Let's just, let's go out and bring it to him. And there was none of that in this game. None whatsoever. The uh, the Blues, uh, early on in the second period, the first, what, in the first minute, they, uh, the Tarasenko from uh, Shannon Pareko, uh, perfect shot on the 2-1 with the Riley. Over the glove, and he's done this a few times this year on that that exact same play. Gets inside the faceoff dot, and he just pick he's left wing and picks that uh, that upper glove uh, that far corner. Be- what I love you, about that, you can't oh, shoot you you that you cannot place a shot any better than he did. You, you it's a, you, bar down. You, that's that's the perfect shot. Well, and what I love about that shot too is he didn't just try to roof it. You can tell he picked the spot between the glove and the, cause, cause he was in so tight that it's hard to snipe a goalie right there. If you're not going the way that he shot it, it, it actually didn't it beat him under the glove, just under it, the glove. It beat him in the, well, down? Bill can probably attest to the whole, if, if the puck's out farther, you've got the chance to, to get the glove on it. But if it's in the more of the crook of your arm, that's a lot tougher save. Is it not Bill? Uh, yeah. I mean, if if it's in the crook of your arm, you can't extend like that. That's the natural reaction you want to do. You want to throw the glove up. Whereas crook of the arm, it's awkward. You know, it, try to hold still. You try to bring your arm in. Uh, it, it's uh, you'd rather it be going away from you than mm-hmm. coming through you. Right. That's where your glove is because your glove's out there a little bit. Yeah. Unless you hold it in, in tight like this. Like actually, Bennington does that. He holds his glove kind of like this. Right. Which, yeah. Which holds that it straight vertical, which is. And that first goal on Allen, <clears throat> that first goal on, uh, on not the first goal, uh, which one beat him? Uh, uh, not Anis, was Anisimov's goal? Which one uh, went upper glove on? Anisimov was the, was the tip, wasn't it? Yes, his was a tip. And then, oh, no, Taze was the, was the redirection low. And the third one was. Okay, I'm thinking. Kane breakaway. Yeah, yeah, Kane yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm thinking of a different game, I guess. Never mind. Uh, oh, oh, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the one that hit the crossbar. I think one hit the crossbar. Oh, yeah. And it was a, a upper glove. And I was thinking that Bennington would have uh, gloved that. I think because Bennington holds his glove in a different spot than Allen does. He holds his glove up higher. But, yeah, that was the brinket. Just wasn't look. It, it might have been. Yeah, to bring it at the crossbar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is 
just going back and watching the uh, Tarasenko goal again. Yeah, he, it was straight over the uh, the crook of the elbow, just perfectly placed, like you said. I mean, yep. perfect sniper shot. Uh, Tyce Huck says, in all honesty, I hope it's his last game like forever. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, the only scenario where he plays a game again is if the Blues can't improve their standing uh, in the standings the last game of the season. Maybe Allen gets a start. Uh, or if he sees time in the playoffs, if uh, Benning gets lit up or something and they bring in Allen. That's about it. You never know. And, and they say people say, oh, they might move him in the offseason. Good luck. I mean, yeah, I don't know who's going to take that on. I don't know. I mean, he's yeah. he's been better the second half this year, but I mean, that's still a gamble for somebody. We're going to have to take on some shitty player in a trade to for them. Yeah, for, for somebody to take Allen, and it's going to suck. That's the that's the only way. It's going to be shitty contract for shitty contract. It's going it's to suck. Somebody yeah. who wants a backup goalie versus you know wanting to get rid of you know their shit fourth line pl- player they're paying five million to. So we're not going to save any or money. the blues are going to have to give up a decent prospect for somebody to take on that contract that sucks. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Chicago, we, uh, Anisimov's goal, um, from Cahoon and Saad, uh, Schwartz missed right before that on a great chance. Uh, tried to go up a glove on Ward. What is with Schwartz's shot? He, he, that shot looked slow as shit. Look at wrist shot. Like if I was taking a wrist shot in that game, he, it didn't look. It, it's no confidence. It had it had no zip on it. It was like that would look like an easy save yeah. for Ward. Well, we'll get yeah, to no, he. Nah. Go go ahead, Bill. I was just gonna say he he hasn't had confidence. Even you know when he started scoring, you know he had a couple games where he puts them in. He just he is completely lacking confidence, and just. Yeah, I mean, gripping the stick too tight, I think. Tice Huck in the YouTube yeah. chat says, if you showed a picture of uh, to someone of Debrinket who had zero clue about hockey, uh, has zero clue about hockey knowledge, they would say he looks like a douchebag, and they would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. There's there's your uh, there's your comment of the show right there, <laughs> like that. Yeah, beat that comment. Good job, good job Tice. Uh, <laughs> no, and Schwartz, we're we're gonna. I don't know. I guess we can go ahead and break him down right now because. Uh, Bill, I think you had mentioned before the game started, and this was something that I had noticed. And I had even said to my wife, as we were watching the game, stop putting Schwartz out there in big moments. I mean, I thought he looked, there was two plays in a row in overtime where he just turned the puck over the blues. The blues would get the puck, uh, after Kane and Taze would cycle, they'd get it to Schwartz. And then either he would just lose it, like flat out lost it. Or he tried to carry it in and take a shot on goal, completely missed the net, and then the Blackhawks come the other way. It's yeah, I agree. That, he has looked awful, I, and then this game particularly, I thought he looked really bad and should not have been out there. I didn't think uh, in overtime. I didn't know why the first good half of overtime, they the Blues were not patient. They were just busting up the ice and yep. trying to take take guys one on one. And losing the puck and turning it over. The first half of overtime, the Hawks had the puck most the whole time. And the, the Blues would come up, finally get the puck, come up the ice, and they would just try and beat a guy one-on-one or try and split the D with one-on-two. I'm like, what are you doing? Slow it down. It made no yeah, it sense. Wasn't, it wasn't until like Tarasenko's third shift in overtime, maybe it was the second, where they finally started cycling a little bit. Before that, yeah, it was run and gun. It's like, what are you doing? I know. Like, you got five minutes here of three-on-three. Three. Like, take your time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I on Schwartz. I just I got really frustrated. You know, we wound up tying the game, but that late power play. Uh, Schwartz is out there. Thomas wasn't out there, and the Hawks were allowing the puck to go through Schwartz because they know he's probably going to turn it over. I guess. Um. I just that that boggled my mind. I just. Why, why do you keep running the guy out there? Um, you know, we talked a little bit before the show started about, you know, the, the bullshit turnover stats in this game. Uh, Blues <laughs> yeah. were credited with three turnovers. And the last 15 minutes of the game, I felt like Schwartz had five. <laughs> yeah. He didn't get credit for any of them. It was uh, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, uh, and uh, uh, Bortuzzo. I thought, but Bill... I th- well, I th- you're right. I I think I think that it's a confidence thing with Schwartz. 
And it's just, it, it's like, what happened to him? I mean, it wasn't a year ago that he would get the puck and we would all say, all right, Blues are going to get a chance here. It just seemed like every time the puck was on a stick, something would happen. But this this entire year, when Schwartz is out there, I'm saying, okay, come on, let's just 45 seconds, he's off the rink, and, and we'll get a good player out there. You I know, mean, I hate to say that, but it, he has not looked good all year. It wouldn't shock me in the least if after the season's over, they come out and say that Schwartz had a wrist injury all year or something. Because uh, his, his, his shot is not what it was. I don't know what's going on. And, uh, Bill, you mentioned Thomas. I thought Thomas had a fantastic game. I thought he was all over the place. And I'm like, he's going to score. He's going to set somebody up. And he would have had a really nice setup to – it was Shen. And Shen was awful tonight, terrible. Uh, he uh, set him up backdoor early in the game and uh, just missed it. He just he just he missed – it was a beautiful pass and he just missed it. Backdoor. Hey, I'm sorry. I have to comment on something right now in the YouTube chat. Hotard12, you never compare me to John Hadley. How dare you? How dare you, sir? We're no longer friends. Is Hadley still on the air? He's the manager of 590, and he's a real douchebag. Oh, I know he's a douchebag, but I just I didn't know if he was still on the air. Yeah, he's he's getting a lot of hate right now. The... Uh, the, the the board op that everybody loved over at TMA just lost his job because of Hadley, even though he said it wasn't because of him. Mm. Drama. Yep. We love you, Plow, Plowhawk. Please come back. Ah, <laughs> uh, um. So I didn't I didn't have the uh, let me pull up the uh, actual stats from the third period. Because the uh, the Hawks went up three to one on a on a goal by uh, Patrick Kane about uh, was it halfway through the third period about and uh, and then Perron and Bozak you know the the Bozak goal um I'm th- when I saw this I'm like okay well they're gonna challenge it they have to I mean I I didn't see when I saw the replay I'm like well that's not that's not goal interference but they're gonna challenge anyway because there's like what thirty seconds to forty seconds to go I mean you'd be stupid not to challenge you have to. Um, and, uh, obviously it stood. So, uh, you know, I guess you got to feel good about the comeback in the third period, but I, 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 like we said, this game, this was one of the worst games I've seen the blues play in a long time. Wait, you real quick. You mentioned, you mentioned the goal. Um, I, I just want to get Bill's take. Cause I, my wife and I were going back and forth, whether that was goal interference, Bill, what do you think? Not at all. It, it, you know, for once in my life, and it pains me, I had to agree with Eddie Olchek. It was just a <laughs> hockey play. He was in the crease. He, his, you know, the only skate that made contact with him was the skate that was behind his pad. Yeah. And he stopped the puck going, Bozak stopped the puck going into the net on his own the first time in, you know, just banged home the, you know, the rebound off his own skate, I thought. Does, no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't did, goalie interference. Did, does the does the position of where the puck was because because I was looking at it and this this was the thing I was saying and, and this may be completely off but I feel like a goalie would agree because the puck was where it was squared award it was basically right at where his belly is and because Bozak was more on the side because we've seen goalies get their skates tied up with another player's skate and then that's called goalie interference we've seen that before. But because of where the puck was, does that play factor into why that didn't matter that their skates were locked? I didn't think his skates were locked. I, I, and, and yeah, I didn't. I didn't think so and, either. And you know, I thought. The, I was going to say I thought that Bozak straddled the pads pretty well. Yeah, you know, he had. I agree. One that, one skate that's on hot. either side. I think. I think he. Yeah. I, I, he actually. He didn't make hardly any contact with Ward. And I think even even if he had made more contact with Ward, the fact that Ward didn't seem to know where the puck was and didn't try to make a save even uh, after the initial uh, chance <clears throat> when the puck was loose and then Bozak put it between his legs, Ward didn't know where it was. He didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't try to make the save. So the fact that he even tr- didn't even try to make the save, that tells me that even if Bozak did make more contact with him than he than he did it would have still been allowed because Bozak didn't prevent him from making a save because he didn't try to. 
and it could be that he didn't try to make the save because he was so pissed off at his D for letting Patrick Maroon <laughs> fucking walk him and throw a saucer pass to an uncovered man right in front of the net. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I that, mean, it, that... it was it was nice, nice roller hockey move by Maroon. Where's <laughs> the defense by Fatty Patty? That is that is one hell of a reference. That was a roller hockey move. I like it. And on Patrick Kane, oh, that just felt so good. That that's that that play is a good example of why the Hawks are not in the playoffs. Yeah, well, when you pay what uh, thirty, what is it, thirty-five million, forty-one million to four players, thirty-five million to three players, you don't get a lot of talent for the rest of that money. Yeah, you can't you can't send everybody off on L- LTIR to make room for more <laughs> players in the offseason or trades the deadline. You the way that. they're. Uh, the way that their pay structures, it, it actually matches how Let's Go Blues Radio is. The the two good hosts get about ninety percent of the paycheck. That's why they're stuck with ten percent of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from all that revenue that is all that podcast realize. revenue. The uh, okay, all this bogus. Hotard 12 and Ponder Talk. I'm going to scroll back up to the <laughs> actual real hockey talk in the fucking YouTube chat, guys. Uh, oh, did, great. We got a bunch of guys at uh, Queenie Park watching right now. What's up, boys? Uh, let's see. Didn't it seem like uh, Ty Suck didn't seem like Schwartz was trying to do way too much in the overtime period? Yeah, which was a – you don't do one-on-one shit in, in the overtime. <laughs> you got 20 guys. 20 guys watching at the rink, really? I'm not surprised. Everyone's up there drinking after the games are over. Bunch of alcoholics. You guys are all just a bunch of alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Why the? You know what? As a Queenie Park, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why the fuck are there not rails on those concrete steps going up to the to the concession stand? Oh, you're. Yeah. Because you got I skates know. on. You got skate fucking skates on, and you're leaving the rink. Yeah, that's a death wish going back down those those uh, uh, concrete steps with the with no rail. And those, that's a, yeah, that's a long way. Yeah, they those. They encourages those tournaments to drink at the bar, but it's like I gotta walk a bunch of stairs to get to the bar. It sucks. Put some put yeah. a handrail up there. My God. Well, I think what's worse is the scoreboard there. The scoreboard's been broken for about six months, and they still haven't fixed it. So you can't tell if there's four minutes left or nine minutes left. I look, I look like a eight-year-old kid learning how to skate. I was scooting down on my butt down those stairs. <laughs> I don't want to kill myself going down those. Uh. Well, I'm I'm at least a man, and I at least go down on my feet. But you know, still. Yeah, well, I don't want to break my neck, <laughs> which I probably would. <laughs> That's a risk I'm willing to take. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, playoff scenarios after this game, um, we are now one point behind Winnipeg and Nashville, uh, with uh, each team having two games remaining. Uh, we do have an easy. We have we have an easy schedule, um, the same schedule as uh, what Nashville, I think it is, or we have two of the same. And, but uh, Winnipeg has a tough. They have tougher teams, which you know we we always talk about. Oh well, they have an easy schedule or a tough schedule. It doesn't fucking matter. You lose teams like Chicago. The Blues ran the table in February almost against a really tough uh, uh, schedule. You know this whole oh they got a tougher schedule. It doesn't mean shit. That's I mean that's something I've said on this show multiple times. You know you. Yes, some teams are harder than others, but these are the best 31 teams in the world. So at any given time, I mean, this isn't 30 years ago when the Detroit Red Wings are finishing with 115 points and their first-round opponent finished with 75 points. You know, I mean, these these teams are neck and neck. You know, eighth place, ninth place, tenth place can be 12 points uh, at behind first place. You never know. I mean, it's the exception to Tampa. So yeah, I agree with you. It, it it doesn't matter, and people shouldn't get caught up too much into that. But I know it's hard to to look at the standings and say how the hell do you lose to Chicago? But at the same time, same it's gonna happen. Same thing happened last year. Lost yep. to Chicago on a fucking Duncan Keith goal in the last few seconds of the game, and that essentially cost us a playoff spot. I mean, with the the Colorado game after that, but uh, that game sucked. Had we held on for that one point, we'd have been in the playoffs. But uh, and then the, we can't get on Chicago again this year. But uh, so uh, and oh, Tice Huck in the YouTube chat says, "How good is the possibility that the Jets fall into second, and it becomes a Blues versus Jets first round?" It's very possible. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah. Everyone's tied. So, or well, 
the top two. Yeah. So Blues have Philly tomorrow and uh, Vancouver on Saturday. Uh, both, you know, pretty faded, you know, faded a long time ago. Uh, the Predators have the Canucks tomorrow and the Blackhawks on Saturday. Can the Blackhawks return the favor or do they just not show up at all? I wouldn't put it past the Blackhawks just to be dicks, to be like, well, let's just get blown out 10 nothing and fuck the Blues over. Right. And then the Jets, on the other hand, have the Avalanche and the Coyotes. So they're they're uh, the Coyotes are aren't mathematically eliminated yet. So they're they're playing. I think they're still fighting at the bottom, aren't they? The, yeah, the they are. Avalanche and the Coyotes. So yep. the Jets have to play uh, two teams that are scrapping to get in. So they definitely have the much tougher of the opponents. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, I mean, both, both of those teams are going to give them their all because their, their playoff lives are on the line. The man, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's going to be because Arizona is four points behind Colorado and there's two games left for each of those guys. Um, that's going to be tough for Arizona to get in because they, they don't, they don't have the ROW right now and they, they do have more wins though. Mm. Um, who do you want to play? Nashville. You want Nashville? I want I want Nashville. We've said this on the show before. For one, just because we know that's going to be an entertaining series. Um, obviously, any series could be a four-game sweep, but the way you look at that series, the teams are so evenly matched. Plus, the Blues have, a, I think, a, a fairly good chance of getting past Nashville. Winnipeg scares me. And I was telling this to a buddy of mine that's a, a, a big Tampa Bay Lightning fan, lives in lives in the East Coast, and... Uh, I said, I'm like, man, I, I don't want Dallas. I really don't want Dallas. And he laughed at me. He's like, dude, Dallas blows. And I'm like, yeah, but for some reason, they've got the Blues' number. Yeah. So I would like to avoid Dallas and Winnipeg, if at all possible. I don't care. Yeah, I'd actually rather have Winnipeg over Dallas. I think I would, too. I don't, I don't even – I mean, I, I don't even care. I, I think um, it was asked in, the, in Twitter earlier today uh, who – we wanted to play and I was like, you know, I kind of, I said, you know what, let, let's just finish first and, and, and see what happens. But now I don't have any confidence in that happening. So, uh, I, and I think I said, I'd love to see Nashville. I think a hockey fan wants to see Nashville and St. Louis. That's the, that's going to be the most entertaining matchup, I think, uh, by far. So I, I'd love to see that, um, in the first round. Well, on a global stage, it's not even just St. Louis. I think you're looking at, you know, yeah, they're going to get the 8.30 start no matter what because we're doomed in the central time zone. But I think, you know, you look at uh, the East Coast, the the West Coast, that's a series that everyone's going to be tuning in for. I, I think that's an NBC Sports. They're they're sitting there going, oh, please give us Nashville, St. Louis. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, Winnipeg has not been great either i mean lately they they're they're kind of they're kind of struggling i mean they allowed i mean they but for a while though they were running away with the division and now everyone's caught up so i, I they're not they're what they're five and five in the last 10 they're about a 500 hockey team the past what month yeah. they looked terrible against the wild the other night just everything was out of sync and you know they just their defense was just not good counter hellebuck uh, came back down to earth after you know his super season last year. Um, hasn't been as good this year, but they racked up their points early and kind of held on. So I, I'd be surprised if they if they don't fall the second. Our friend uh, Zed in the the YouTube chat says Preds versus Stars, Jets versus Blues in the first round, Preds versus Blues in the second round. That's the matchup for success. Um, I see that to a certain extent, but uh, I actually kind of want to see Jets and Stars and let them battle it out. And uh, then the Blues just get whoever's left there because, uh, again, I I think uh, not just because I think the Blues beat the Preds, I want to see some entertaining hockey that first round. And I am afraid that the Blues play the Stars for it just because they seem to have their number. I'm afraid that could be a short series, and I really don't want that. I want to see some. We haven't we haven't seen playoff hockey here in two years. Let's well, let's get something good out of it. We're not playing the stars unless we finish first. So, yeah, but that's 
oh somebody didn't ask if we played the, well either way i don't want to play the stars at all so let's just avoid <laughs> that and uh yeah. the jets I, I think the blues could beat the jets but i i'm i'm all for the preds that's what i want to see Mm-mm-mm. i uh I, I i part of me doesn't care uh, I, I mean but yeah i, I agree with you i i think if i had to pick a team in nashville uh, I else? want I want to see Pat Maroon just rock PK Subban into the boards to open the game. That's what I want. Oh God, that'd be great. Yeah, I do want. Remember re- when? Remember when Scott Mellonby did that to Gary Suter? I don't. It was it was two thousand one. Very first, like te- it was like the first ten seconds of the game, game one against the Sharks. Uh, Scott Mellonby just ran Gary Suter's head into the boards, made them all bloody set the tone for the series. That's the kind of thing I want to see. And, and, and it's revenge for a couple of years ago when we lost in Nashville. Yep. So in the, uh, in the conference, or no, in the, uh, when was that? Lost them two years ago? Was... Yeah, two years ago. Yep. That's right, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, two years we, ago because they beat got... the, uh, the Wild in the first round. Right, and Preds bounces in the second round. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, I seem to recall Jake Allen giving up the series losing goal from his belly on yep. a breakaway by Ryan Johansson or James Neal, one of those two. But he's such a good playoff goalie, Bill. His playoff numbers are great. <laughs> um, small sample size. I think the one series. You're only talking the, about that one season the one, against the Wild. The one series skews his numbers. When you talk about small sample sizes, that one series against the Wild skews his numbers. Uh, if you take out that series against the Wild, uh, he is a a subpar goalie in the playoffs. Average, I mean, numbers wise. Them, so them's mention, the facts. So I want to mention this just for in case anybody else is is wondering. Uh, we did get a question: Do the playoffs follow the three on three overtime format? No, um, no, they do not. Five on five to the next goal scored. That's why you see. Some games that go two, three overtimes, which are the most fun to watch. Or four or five overtimes. Yeah, yeah like Love it. Pittsburgh, yeah. Philadelphia. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's, yep. that is that is the game that I think about every time I think about a long playoff who got Who got the goal? Fans sleeping in their seats is Primo. Primo, that's right. Ah, yeah. I, I I talk about this every time. I, when, that, when that game was going into overtime, I thought, oh, man, I missed a good game. I'm gonna. Well, I'll, I'll catch the end of it in overtime. I saw almost two more hockey games <laughs> in overtime. Yep. Yeah, it was. It was, it was crazy. I I remember watching all of that game, and it was yeah, three hockey games worth of hockey. It was insane. And there's no commercials well, in overtime. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the beauty, fans. For those mm-hmm. that don't watch playoff hockey, no commercials in overtime. So a period, awesome. a period is like uh, uh, overtime period is like 35 minutes long. That's not that yeah. long. Non-stop hockey. Uh, I remember that game because uh, I remember I, I fell asleep going into the second overtime. I think I slept for an hour and a half and I woke up and it was just starting the fourth overtime. I was like, oh, I guess I kind of didn't miss anything. Uh, let's see. Colorado can make the central matchup if the Stars lose out and the Avs win out. Yeah, I guess so because they're three points down. Yeah, that. Yeah, that we'll see. We'll see. Otard says uh, this show is an MMM action. I will say that is the most popular MMM action. (laughs) Uh, Bennington was named Rookie of the Month for March. Uh, Back-to-back Rookie of the Month awards for him. Uh, Real fast, uh, does that change your guys' perception of him possibly winning the Calder over Pedersen? And I'll say this about it. I'll say this about it. Uh, Pedersen has one goal in his last 21 games. Does that affect anything for you? Yes. Okay. It, it does for me. It definitely lends credence to the fact that, you know, it, you, you can put them up side by side. Bennington wasn't around for the first half of the season, and you can make the argument that Pedersen hasn't been around for the second half of the season. So. <laughs> He's putting yeah, up some points, but not no goals. He's, he's got like I mean, twelve the, the, points in the last twenty-one games. Yeah, the, yeah, the difference. The difference he, is that Bennington didn't have the opportunity to be around for the first part of the season. Right, Pedersen still does. And, and the other key difference is that he, 
Pedersen didn't get the Canucks into the playoffs. Right. He didn't get in the playoffs, um, and he has not um, done it uh, at the end of the season, which, to be honest, if you're going to be up for an award, uh, it's uh, it's always better, usually in sports, to have a better second half. Like the players that start off hot and fizzle, or they, they tail off a little bit and don't have as good a strong, a strong a finish, and the players that finish strong, especially with Bennington, like you said, to put the team on his back more or less in February and uh, uh, be the catalyst that, that sparked this 11-game win streak and uh, got this team into the playoffs. Um, that... Um, Granted, that doesn't show up on the you know the, that those whole narratives don't show up on the in the stats at all, uh, but uh, that has to count for something. And, I, and I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I agree with Tyce Huck uh, in the YouTube chat. He says I believe Bennington has a better shot than what people may think. In all honesty, and I think that may be the case. He's the he's the uh, sexy uh, topic right now for rookies. I, uh, I first of all I, I want to um, kind of fix something of, of that I said last week. I, I listened back to the show and I realized, and, and maybe uh, there was, this was an Easter egg for Missouri River Riders fans. Uh, I kept calling him Lars Pedersen. Uh, <laughs> Lars Pedersen is the former top center for the Missouri River Riders. <laughs> so that was pulled out of my ass. So uh, for you River Riders fans, maybe you caught that. Other people are probably saying, who the hell is Lars Pedersen? So Elias Pedersen, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I said this last week and I'll say it again, that if he wins, it's not like I'm going to be upset. I'm not, you know, ah, oh, what the hell? Ben- Bennington deserved that. Um, if Bennington gets a nomination, I'm happy with it. Mm. Um, uh, he will. And I'm, ha- I'm happy with, with either of those guys winning it. Cause they're both, they're both very deserving players. You can, you can make the case for either one. So either way, as long as they're both invited to Vegas for the award show, that's that's a win for me. And here's the deal too: is that you know goaltending, you rarely see a goaltender win uh, rookie of the year. I think probably because uh, rookie goalies don't tend to have, you know, there's a, the rookie goalies don't tend to have great seasons. They don't tend to get a ton of starts. So I think uh, rookie skaters they have much more opportunity to win this award. And it's just it's very telling to even have a rookie goalie in this conversation right now with with the amount of games he's played. Uh, Ty Suck also says the hardest times to play hockey, which I agree with, are, are uh, the last few months, and that's when Bennington uh, came in. He faced desperate teams and so on and won. Uh, Pedersen in his last 21 games has one goal, which we discovered. So, yeah, and, like, like, and I was just going to bring this up. The the games, this is a tough time to win in the, se- in the season because teams are pushing for the playoffs. So you see the cream rise to the top in the last month or two of the season because teams want to get in the playoffs. And so teams are supposed to be playing the best hockey, and it's harder to win. So, um, And he's done that under that, you know, in that ecosystem. Well, we've talked about their February. I mean, yeah. not only were they winning the games they needed to or winning at a time they needed to, they were beating the best teams in the NHL uh, consistently. And they still are. I mean, I know they just lost to the Blackhawks and it's, it's an upsetting night, but, but no, I, and Kurt, you said it last week. The, uh, the award is not given to however people want to call it. It's given to the most proficient rookie. That is the definition of it. That is. The, yeah. That's the exact that's... definition. And to me, a proficient rookie is a guy who put up good numbers and got his team from last place into the playoffs during the most difficult time of year. And people yeah. like to compare him to, oh well, you know Andrew Hammond, he didn't get the he didn't get the rookie of the year, and he went on a fantastic card just like Bennington. You want to look at Hammond's numbers compared to Bennington's? Bennington's are are substantially better. Um, yeah, they're they're they have went on similar records and went on similar runs, but Bennington has been by far the better goalie if you compare the two numbers. Right, goals against average and save percentage, it's not even close. I think Hammond had like a two point three GAA or something. And yeah. Bennington is one point eight five. It's it's not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, I I think Hammond had two shutouts and Bennington has five. Uh, that and also, and we mentioned this last week too. People have used that as an argument. Well, people didn't even look at Hammond. It's because they couldn't. Hammond was not a rookie. That's, he was a first year player. Yeah, that 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 gets that gets uh, overlooked a lot. Yeah, because he yeah he didn't uh, he he wasn't even eligible for it because he he had played before. 
<laughs> as as Bill referenced last week, uh, that is the uh, Makarov rule. So if a player is 28 or older, they can no longer be qualified for rookie status. I'll pull hmm. up uh, Andrew Hammond's numbers here. Speaking, so I've unmuted myself. Yeah, so Andrew Hammond, uh, he went, uh, his record in, it was 15-16 where this happened, and he was, uh, I'm sorry, was it 14-15? Uh, he was uh, 21-2. and two. Is that right? No, that's not right. Uh, the the, the season, on, I can tell you. The season, it was 21, he went 21-7-11, and 11, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, he, I, went, he went, okay, here we go. He went uh, 20 one and two okay in 24 so, games okay so his numbers were he did have good numbers 1.79 gaa three shutouts 941 save percentage. so i was yeah i was looking at the, the wrong year so yeah i was wrong about that so he yeah he was he did have similar a tick better than bennington so that and, was 2014 2015 i'll make sure my math's right on that he's 31 now uh, maybe he was rookie status. No, he wasn't. He he had was it an age thing. Uh, I think it, it was. It's, I, I think it was an age thing. He was too old. It, he might have been. because that was so, yeah. He's thirty one now. Yeah, he was too old. You can't be older okay. than what is it twenty five or six? I thought it was twenty eight. Twenty eight. Okay. I could be wrong. Maybe not. Pretty sure it's you're right. Twenty eight. Okay. Well, that would that would make him eligible. Yes, he was eligible. What? No, but I don't think he was. Okay, keep uh, keep keep going. I'll uh, I'll okay. look it up while you guys yeah. talk. So, yeah. I, who won that year? Who did win that year? Because I think that may be the key to this. <laughs> okay, so to be considered a rookie, a player must not have played in more than twenty-five NHL games in any preceding seasons, nor in six or more NHL games in each of the any two preceding seasons. Any player at least twenty-six years of age by September 15th of that season is not considered a rookie. So it's 26, which that's he was older than he 26. He was too old. That was, that's why he didn't qualify. Yep. I thought it was like 25, 26. I know and Bennington's 25, so he qualifies. So, yep. so yeah. So he didn't even, he was not eligible for the Calder anyway. But he did have great numbers. Better than I thought they were. Man, God, 21 and 2. Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. And his yeah, his goals against average and save percentage were a tick better than Bennington's. Man, man, man. That's uh, that's that's Bill Day uh, high school numbers there, if you ask me. Well, he had he had fifteen heart votes and seven Vesna votes, and uh, surely if he had been younger, uh, you'd think a goalie who gets uh, fifteen heart votes and seven Vesna votes uh, would qualify for rookie of the year. Who did win that year? I didn't look. It was 2000. It was 2015. Uh, 14, 15, or 15, 16. Which one was it? 14, 15. It would have been Artemi Panarin. Ek, no, fi, that was Panarin was 15, 16. Oh, you're Ek, right. Ekblad was 14, 15. Hmm. Who, who was? Ekblad. Oh yeah, that guy. Okay, we've uh, we've been vamping now for about yeah. ten minutes. All right. <laughs> yeah. Ekblad, that guy that you forgot about because he plays for Florida. Yeah, yep. nobody knows they still have a team. Yeah, uniforms and everything down there. Yep. <laughs> um, you got a nice cheat down there. Uh, before we wrap the show up, uh, we'd be remiss to say that uh, Charles Glenn is retiring. He announced uh, that came out today, right? So he's... Uh, yes. He uh, he has MS, which I don't think uh, was made public until today. I didn't know about it. No, I didn't know either. Uh, he's had it for seven years. And uh, it's not progressing rapidly. But uh, he does notice things are a hair harder to do than a few years ago. So he has some things he wants to do while he can still do them. So he's uh, he's still going to perform at events with his band, the Charles Glenn Group. Um, so he. I but, am yet to get out to see them. I I have been I've been told they are fantastic live, and I keep saying I'm going to go. But but now that I know this. Uh, I, I'm gonna make myself go out. We should have a an LGB radio night. We go out and see the the Charles Glenn group. That'd be fun. How how cool would it be for the Blues to uh, get to the finals and win a cup and have him sing the anthem for the cup clinching game in St. Louis? Oh, imagine the storylines that NBC would be running with there. Yeah, because he because he's gonna he's gonna uh, when the Blues season's over, then his season's over. Yep. Yep, and his career's over for as far as national anthem singers go with the Blues. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you guys probably all want to say your piece on Charles Glenn. I, 
I tweeted a little bit about him already on Twitter, so I'm I'm not gonna rehash all that. But I, uh, something I didn't say is I've met him multiple times. Back when I was in the media, uh, there was times when um, you know I'd be coming down after the game or before the game, the media room, and he'd be kind of standing outside having a drink of water or something. And um, the first time I ever met him, I uh, I walked past him. He was I could tell he was kind of in a hurry. He was with two other guys that were walking somewhere trying to uh you know get down to, to ice level to uh you know to, to to do the national anthem and and i just passed by him real quick and i even sit in my head i'm like oh my god it's charles glenn so i just looked over at him and i just go charles I was like, good luck you do a great job down there man and he he stopped he grabbed the guy that he was walking with one of the guys stopped him and he said hang on hang on and he goes what's your name and i said uh jeff and he goes jeff and he shakes my hand. He puts his other hand over my my top hand, and he just goes, "I appreciate that so much. You do not know how much it means to me when people tell me that. I thank you so much." He's like, "Anytime you see me out, you say hello, okay?" And I was like, "Sure." I, was, <laughs> I mean, I was blown away at how nice he was. And like I said, it was obvious he was in a hurry, and he took time out of his day just to talk to somebody who told him he does a good job. And then, like I said, every time I saw him after that nicest guy in the world so this was upsetting news for me i love charles glenn i know everyone in blues nation does um so yeah i I, you know good luck to him i hope he gets to accomplish everything he wants to in life because uh he's brought a lot of joy to blues fans over the years yeah everything i've heard about him has been fantastic so nice guy um it it will be it'd be weird to uh not hear him sing the anthem anymore yeah by all accounts like you guys have said nice guy and i mean he has he has his own rendition of the song that you know a lot of times when somebody tries to do uh you know do a little different take on it it doesn't doesn't come off so well but charles nails it every time and uh it just tremendous performer um Multiple people pointed it out on Twitter today that when and I think you did too, Ponder, when you go to the games and he's not the one performing it, it's kind of a letdown. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be sad to see him go. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get him uh, into June, shall we? Uh, and the uh, I think the Humboldt, uh, the anniversary of the Humboldt crash is tomorrow. Is that right? Uh, Saturday. It? Saturday. OK. Yeah, Saturday. And uh, for those that aren't aware, uh, hopefully you're hearing this before Saturday, if you haven't heard this already, um, 4 o'clock Central Time. Maybe it was 4, 4.10. Shit, I should know the exact time. Uh, I'll look it up before the show ends. What was it? 4.50? Bill? 4.50, Four, I thought. 4.50, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's right, that's right. 4.50 on Saturday, there is a, uh, uh, I guess, North America-wide um, moment of silence, because that was the time that it happened. So um, make sure that if you're, if you're out and about, or even if you're at home, uh, let's have a moment of silence together for uh, the Humboldt Broncos at four fifty central daylight time on Saturday. You know, what's interesting about that is that uh, this whole thing and the, the, the hockey community, the, the hockey community is uh, unlike any other in sports. They touched, they talked about it on NBCSN. And I'm like, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, when, when, Hockey players and the hockey community, um, they come together, and uh, it's it's a it's a it's a interesting uh, dynamic, a family dynamic that it doesn't matter. Uh, like little little rally around each other, stuff like this, like crazy. Um, it's just uh, interesting, you know. And growing up playing hockey, um, and uh, it just I don't know what it is, but uh, hockey players are different than other athletes uh, and in a good way and uh, and it's uh, it's a cool thing to see uh, all that's coming i mean they raised how much money 15 million dollars for uh, uh expenses for families and things that that cover all kinds of stuff uh for them to deal with this um so it's uh and and somebody else raised four million more it's, it's almost like 20 million dollars they raised for for uh, this whole this whole thing to help people out so that was just nuts crazy and uh, it'll be nice on Saturday to uh, partake in the moment of silence to uh, honor that. Yeah, and and uh, and one more thing too with that is is I know uh, I'm pretty sure all three of us participated. Something that that I thought was just wonderful seeing the pictures after it happened last year. 
of the people putting their sticks out on their front porch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I even had some of my neighbors, you know, I live in an area where there's, I don't think anybody on my street, uh, maybe they're blues fans, but they've never played. And when they saw that, they said, Oh, Humboldt. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it raised awareness of what was going on. So, uh, that was just, uh, as, as dark a moment as that was, um, it was great to see everybody come together in, in such a, a, a sad moment and be able to bring awareness to, uh, that small town there in Canada that, uh, witnessed such a horrific event. Yeah, I know when I explained to my daughter what I was doing, I put the stick on the front porch, and I told her what I was doing. And when I was telling what I was doing, my nine-year-old daughter, I was like, I start. Well, I guess she was eight at the time, but I was. Uh, it was. I. I got this lump in my throat just talking about it, and I'm like, man, yep. it just, you know. It, and again, it's that, it's that hockey community that it doesn't matter who you are, where you live. If you play hockey, you're part of it, and uh, and and uh, it's like it's like you're part of that family. Uh, next up for the Blues, Philadelphia tomorrow. So I guess this is a. I don't even. I mean, I don't care anymore. Let's just finish the season and play playoffs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's get. I'm done with the season. The season's been a, 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 a emotional roller coaster. Let's just start playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, Thursday. So it's Thursday, Philadelphia, Saturday, Vancouver. Um, Vancouver. I'm with you. I want to see two wins, but uh, at this point, I'm with you. I mean, if they lose, it's okay. Let's just get there. I want to see game one, and I hope it's against Nashville. That'll be good to see. Yeah, it'd be nice to see what uh, Nashville win one of two, and then we could win the last two, and then uh, have home ice against Nashville. That'd be great. I'd love it. Let's do it. (sighs) That's that's how I want it to play out. Uh, Okay, so that'll do it for this week's show. Uh, For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone. Let's go blues. Let's go blues. <sighs> Let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.